opening. Explain why I think food is so rich, how it connects people, defines our individual cultures, and holds meanings. At the beginning of every episode, I will tell a story about food, talk about my baking business, or give a fact or statistic. That was my original concept for a podcast. When I came up with that idea, it was around Thanksgiving. I'd spent a lot of time in the kitchen and a lot more time watching the Great British Baking Show. Cooking is something I love and have always loved, and I thought it would be something incredibly easy for me to talk about. Food doesn't usually have any weird twists or turns. It's something that I love and I feel pretty confident about because it's pretty straightforward. And I'm also a person who really loves cooking, baking, and putting delicious things into my mouth. Originally, I had recruited three sets of guests, my roommates, who just so happened to be some of my best friends, in order to talk about recipes we love, their favorite foods, and to tell stories about cooking together, my parents, in order to talk about family traditions and culture rooted in cooking, and Amber Graff, who happens to be an amazing professional chef and my coworker at the private school here in Boulder where we both work. The plan felt solid. I began to research different cooking techniques, the most common favorite foods in America. You get the idea. Everything was on track. I sat down with Anna and Serena, my roommates, and I asked them what their favorite foods were, and they answered. I'll let you have a listen. My favorite food is anything chocolate. Okay. That's a good answer. What's like your favorite like genre of food? Indian food or like any type of Asian food. So I love Thai food, Mm. Um, Vietnamese food now apparently. Um, What else? Like I said, Indian food. So yeah. Cool. Uh, My favorite food is like probably steak and potatoes that's two foods but that's okay that's like like, they go together it's a combination it's a package deal um but like my category of food i really like italian food all was well i was still on track to talk about cookie recipes and frying pans and then i asked them my second question what is a specific memory you have regarding food I don't know if my question was badly written, too vague, or if I was relying too deeply on the way my own brain works. I was expecting sweet stories about baking Christmas cookies with grandmothers, or recipes passed down from generation to generation and families, and what I got, I'll let you listen. So my story about food, so my mom's into this really healthy diet, and it's called this macrobiotic diet, and so basically... This is some, I don't know, ancient, not ancient, but older Japanese type of dieting system. And so basically, part of it is you kind of start to see the food you eat as important metaphors for situations in your life. And my mom one time, (laughs) so my mom always makes miso soup. (laughs) And basically... It's super salty, right? Mm. And super warm. And so my mom goes to this page of her macrobiotic book and opens it up and is reading this section about it. And she goes and tells me, miso soup is warm and salty to remind you of what it was like being in your mother's womb. (gasps) Wait, is it salty in your mother's womb? I don't know. Salty in your mother's womb. I feel like that's not true. I feel like like that's like... Babies would come out like 
without baby soft skin because they'd be salted. Yeah. And then one time, like, that's like, doesn't that, like, burn? Like, that seems bad. That seems really bad. <laughs> yeah. And then she sends me pictures of bok choy. <laughs> and she'll be like, the bok choy is very vaginal today. <laughs> what does that mean? I was not expecting a lesson on which vegetables do or do not resemble the human anatomy. Here's where things went off the rails. I very quickly realized that these stories were so funny and interesting. I didn't really want to discuss slow cooker soup recipes anymore. I wanted to listen to my friends talk and tell their stories in their own voices. I loved these little bits of their lives. I love hearing people talk about absolutely anything. Something about listening to people talk and tell stories has always appealed to me and made me want to get better at creating my own stories. When I was growing up, I was absolutely obsessed with reading those really corny chicken noodle soup for the soul books that you can only find located on your grandmother's coffee table. So I decided that that was what I was going to do. I want to build a podcast focused on short stories that make up the lives of my friends and families. So with that... Welcome to Spoonful, the podcast where we dissect bite-sized morsels of my friends' and family's lives to take a deeper look into storytelling, narratives, and conversation. How does this work, you may wonder? I have set up interviews with a wide range of my family, friends, coworkers, and acquaintances and asked them all the same three questions. Who are... Number one, who are you and how do we know each other? Number two, what is your favorite food? And number three, tell me any story related to food. My goal is to create a podcast where the narrative is completely controlled by the guest. They all think they're only being interviewed about food, but I'll be using the stories they told me to discuss storytelling, narrative, and the science behind human conversation. I like to think of this idea as creating a mosaic narrative by crafting a larger narrative from individual stories. And I still get to talk about food and have fun conversations with my friends, of course. So I continued with my interviews and I started to pick up on little things. The inflection in my friends' voices when they talked about something they loved, their specific choice of words, the way they would present certain events with big dramatic buildups to conflict while having a casual one-on-one -on -one conversation with me from behind our computer screens. Some of their stories traced the same themes and some were far off in completely different worlds from the others. The more I listened, the more I began to wonder, what, what exactly is storytelling, and how can we define it? Luckily for me, I am alive in times where one Google search was able to answer a lot of my questions. So according to the National Storytellers Network, storytelling consists of five key ideas. The first one being, storytelling is interactive. The second one being, storytelling usually uses words. The third, storytelling uses actions such as vocalization, physical movement, and or gesture. Number four, storytelling presents a story. And number five, storytelling encourages the active imagination of listeners. In order to explore storytelling farther, we're going to check out three clips. The first two are a very similar story told in two different ways. Tables open. I think just the main kind of 
um, legacy within my family surrounding mm-hmm. food is this cookie recipe. It's a chocolate chip cookie recipe Ooh. that was passed down from my grandma to my mom to me. And growing up, I was never given access to it. So uh, my mom would always make me these cookies, but I didn't know how to make them myself. And I was like, am I getting, am I going to know how to eventually? And this year I finally got it. Mom makes it like every Thanksgiving. She's made it for like a really long time. And so um, her uncle gave her the recipe and was like, you can have the recipe, like I don't really care. They don't have like a good relationship anymore. Oh, she no. still like has tweaked the recipe and like made it kind of her own. Ooh. And so in the South, it's kind of like um there's this like big thing about recipes and stuff and so there's a lot of recipes that like my stepmom's grandma makes yeah that she refuses to tell her the recipe of and so my grand my stepmom's grandma was saying like oh it's so delicious you have to send me the recipe like i need this recipe and so she obviously because she was like i don't really care you know like anyone can have this it's not like a hush hush nobody needs to know about my recipe sent her the recipe and then my her grandma made it thanksgiving and it was really messed up like it didn't the texture didn't set right and it was really like watery oh no so they accused her of sending her the wrong like a fake recipe she was like so you fake you gave me a fake recipe and she was like why why would i do that and she was like because I never share my recipes with you, and you're mad about it. And my stepmom was like, I mean, it is very annoying that you don't share your recipes with me because you're my grandma. I found these clips to be incredibly interesting because the subject is very similar, but I found what what sets them apart is the tone. Lauren's story is super heartwarming and feels very sentimental and traditional, while while Aaliyah has a similar story, what set it apart was the use of humor and also the fact that when I asked her to tell any story she wanted about food, she chose one where she was not featured as the main character. Alright, the final clip I want to take a look at in this episode is a story from my friend Liz. What stands out to me about this clip is related directly to the National Storyteller Network's third principle. Storytelling requires vocalization or action. Liz's story featured a song. Your grandma and I? used to make homemade chocolate mm-hmm. and we'd sing the spanish chocolate song oh my so god and we go uno dos tres cho uno dos tres go uno dos tres la uno dos tres de chocolate chocolate cho 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 chocolate I found this story to be particularly sweet and fun because it was very sentimental and heartwarming, but Liz found a creative medium to deliver a story in casual conversation. Before now, I've never analyzed the way people speak and the mannerisms in their day-to-day actions because one, it would take a lot of effort to remember to do so all day, and two, it might be a little bit of a weird thing to do. However, this has made me realize how much of our lives revolve around storytelling. It's a big part of conversation that's vastly overlooked. It seems storytelling is effortlessly everywhere all the time, but invisible to the eye, or ear in this case, of most of us in our day-to-day lives. Once again, I'm Annie, and thank you for listening to Spoonful, the podcast where we dissect bite-sized morsels of my family and friends' lives to take a deeper look into storytelling, narratives, and conversation.